You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share heartfelt and inspirational messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself to God's unlimited blessing. Today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved. I'm God's servant. I'm God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Father, speak to us today. Have your way in us. And today, Lord, as we dive deep into your Word, we pray that your Word will have such an effect in our lives that we will actually change for the better, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. If you're ready, type in the chat box, I'm ready. Okay, I want to see that on Facebook. Those of you who are watching us on Facebook, please type, I'm ready. I need you to do this because I need you to stay with me for the next few minutes, 30 minutes, and uh, we will talk about God's Word. Our one big message for today is let God handle it. <laughs> let God handle it. In Tagalog, ipasa Diyos mo na. Ipaubaya mo na kay Lord. Many times you get in trouble because we handle the things that we're not supposed to handle. And I teach that to my son. I teach that to the people that I work with. If you use something that's not supposed to be used in that way, you will ruin that piece. In the same way that if you try to handle things that you're not supposed to handle because you're not equipped to handle it, you're going to ruin it. And, and, and our, our message is there are so many things that we cannot handle, so let God handle it because God can handle you. God can handle your complaints. God can handle your sinfulness. God can handle your, your, your temper. He handles it with love. So let God handle it. What are the things that you're trying to control right now? What are the things that you are trying to, to maneuver and so far you're not yet successful? Could it be because you're not equipped to handle it? Could it be because God is just telling you, let it go, let it go, let me handle it. Let's read from Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. Planted good seed in his field. Now, let's pause for a moment and one and, and let's the, try to uh, try to pinpoint who the farmer is. Who do you think the farmer is? Who do you think is the farmer who planted good seed? Yeah, yeah, yes, it's Jesus. He planted good seed in the field. And uh, the kingdom of heaven is compared to this farmer. It's like a farmer who planted good seed, okay? Now, from the readings today, I'm going to teach you, share with you five lessons that we can learn from the whole bunch of verses and chapters that we're going to read today, okay? Five lessons, okay? Now, point number one, the farmer is Jesus, okay? As we continue, we will discover five things. I will share with you the five lessons that we need to learn and remember and take note of, okay? From the following verses, here's lesson number one. Evil is real. <laughs> Evil is real. Okay? Wait, uh, I just want to do something. Never mind. No, 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 no. Wait, uh, wait. Lang. Just stay there. Just stay with me. Evil is real. And uh, let me say it with emphasis. Okay? I just want to say it 
with emphasis and I want you to listen. Evil is real. Evil is real. Do you hear what I'm saying? Ah, hola lang. Just wanted to do that. <laughs> anyway, evil is real. That's 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 a that's a reality. Okay, let's let's read. Let's read. Now, come on, come on, come on, come on, let's read. Evil is real. But that night as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop, okay, when uh, when the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. The farmer exclaimed, an enemy has done this. The enemy is real. The enemy is the evil one. It's not the person sitting next to you. It's not the person who you're not uh, agreeing with. The enemy is the devil. And then and, and the verses that we just read said, an enemy has done this. Now, uh, some people, I know some people give the devil too much credit. I mean, every single thing that happens to them, every single bad thing that happens to them, they, 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 they blame it on the devil. But, you know, I'm not that kind of person. Because I believe that, <coughs> excuse me, I believe that a lot of things that are happening to us, a lot of the negative things, the bad things that are happening to us, has a lot to do with who we are, a lot to do with us. It's our fault. And uh, we give the devil too much credit when we blame him all the time. Oh, this happened? It's the devil. It's the devil. And it's also our way of passing the blame when we should be the one to blame. Now, but, but the devil is real. The enemy is here. Scripture says that he is out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's why we still need to be on guard. Be on guard, but at the same time, try to see what the things that you can change are so that we will make the devil insignificant. The best way to fight the devil, the best way to win the battle is to make him insignificant. Make him insignificant. Um, admitting the fact that he exists, but at the same time, also admitting the fact that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. That greater is Jesus in your hearts and in your lives than the devil who is out there to, to just ruin you. Okay? The evil evil is real lesson number two when you do good you will face opposition that's the truth when you start and try to do something good there will be people who will not be happy there will be people who will oppose you there will be people who will criticize you there will be there will be people who will persecute you hmm? and that's what jesus was doing in his life, in his public life, all he did was do something good. To heal people. To free people from the bondage. To, to make people understand through his teachings. When you do good, you will face opposition. No matter how clean your intentions are, how pure they are, 
you will always have uh, opposition. Just like what the, uh, the I'm sure you've heard the saying that we cannot please everybody. Let me ask you guys, have you ever been opposed? Have you ever been persecuted? Have you ever been cursed? What do you do when, you, when, when that happens? Chill. <laughs> chill. And let, you know, chill and, and, and continue living. I know sometimes it really hurts. Sometimes it's really painful. But, but when you are at the receiving end of a curse or a, a, a gossip or a lie, okay, I need you to disregard. Disregard. Deadma. Why? Because, you know, I'm, I'm in the publishing business, Shepherd's Voice Publications. So we ship out magazines and books. And, you, and you know, when, when we start to ship a magazine or a book and we send the address, put the address there and we send the courier to deliver it, okay? When the courier doesn't see uh, the, the, the destination of that magazine, what happens? They bring it back to us. When the receiver, supposed receiver, does not receive it because of something, maybe he canceled the order or something, if he doesn't receive it, it will come back to us. Okay? So, so that, that, that same principle um, is applied or applicable to curses. And because when we curse others, it bounces back to us. <laughs> now, so when someone curses you, don't receive it and it will bounce back to the person who's cursing you. And, and uh, as long as you know that it's not the truth. Now, if uh, honestly, if there's some truth to what the person is saying and then and, and you get uh, accusations, if there's some truth to that, then change. But if you know that there's, it's, it's, um, it's 100% untrue, if it's a lie, then chill. Hmm? Just chill because the curse will go back to them. Chill and let God handle it. Let God handle it. Lesson number three. Um, have, you ever, have you ever asked the question, God, why do you allow bad things to happen to good people? Father, why do you allow bad things to happen here on earth? God, why, why is there evil? You, can, you could have easily annihilated, destroyed, disintegrated, made disappear evil, made evil disappear. But why? Why? Lesson number three, God allows good and evil to coexist. To coexist. It coexists. Let's continue. Should we pull out the weeds, the, the friends of the farmer, the, the, the far, the, of, of the farmer who planted the seed, asked. No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them. And to put the wheat in the barn. There is a time for everything. There is a time to separate the weeds from the wheat, but not right now because the weeds and the wheat 
are so intertwined at the roots that if you try to remove the weeds, you will end up removing the wheat as well. You will end up removing the weed as well. We the wheat as well. We know we all know that the weed represents evil. And we all know that evil is parasitic. They're so intertwined that you cannot move the other without moving the other. You cannot remove the other without removing the other. What is Matthew trying to illustrate here? Matthew is trying to show us, this is my belief, okay, number one, that in the event, um, um, just to make sure that the wheat, the good people, will not die, okay, when you uproot the weeds, God is saying, let the weeds stay and there will come a time when I will separate that. At the risk of letting evil exist, here's what I believe. At the risk of letting we evil exist, God wants to give the wheat, the good people, the people who want to follow him, God wants to give them all the opportunities to thrive and live. The other thing that Matthew is trying to say here is that wheat and weeds coexist together. That in every person, there's weeds and there's wheat. And a time will come when we will be able to separate that, to segregate that, to separate the bad from the good when we grow deeper and mature. The message is evil lives in all of us. Evil lives in all of us. There's good and there's bad in me. And the same good that, that, that we, we know that God is able to give is in all of us. But there is also evil in, our, in every person. Now, it really just depends on what you will feed. They're like two wolves inside of you. The good wolf and the bad wolf. And uh, what will eventually, what what wolf will eventually prevail? It's the one that you will feed more. So let's, let's feed the good and make irrelevant, make insignificant the evil one. Okay? Lately, guys, we have heard of um, some pastors in our uh, brother pastors um, in, in another uh, denomination, we've heard that some have fallen into scandals. Okay, recently, he's uh, taking care of uh, other celebrities. He's a pastor of celebrities, but, but he was involved in a scandal. And that shocked the world, okay? That tells you that there's still evil in, in every person, okay? Now, um, also... We also heard of an apologist. And, and you know what? I've, I've always looked up to this person and you know I've learned so much from this person only to, to find out that one day he too was involved in a scandal. And uh, you know, a lot of people who used to follow him were, were disillusioned. Now, now um, let's not go far. 
um, these are brothers from the different denominations, even in the Catholic Church. In our church, we know that there's, there are lots of scandals. And, and this just proves one thing. As I go to lesson number four, okay, are you still with me? Are you? Huh? Are you still with me? Okay, lesson number four. God calls us to be a messy church for messy people. <laughs> I say that again. God calls us to be a messy church for messy people. There will always be scandals. And we have to be careful. We have to be careful. We have to be wary. We have to be aware. But, but that's what church really is. That if a temptation is there for, for our brothers in, the, in different denominations, it is possible that the same temptations will be here in our church, will be here in our feast. That's why we need to be very careful. Now, now, now um, I, I, I asked a question earlier, and I, I'm sure a lot of you are asking the same question. Now, why doesn't God purge the church from these monsters? Uh, wh why does God allow the church to be inhabited by people who are capable or uh, vulnerable to committing these sins? Why? Why? Again, God says that there is a time for everything. Okay? I'll give you a hint. We will deal with that question right now. Okay? I'll give you a hint. Um, God doesn't just purge the church because imagine a church with all good people. I'm not saying that we should have bad people. Okay? But, but imagine the church without struggles. You know what? These struggles make us stronger. These struggles stretch us. These struggles allow us to grow. And God is allowing this so that we will continue to grow and we will continue to grow in wisdom and in understanding. Now, I'll give you a hint. Why God doesn't purge? Why does, doesn't God remove all the bad and just leave the good behind? Number one, both good and bad coexist in us. There's good in me and there's bad in me. And the reason why God doesn't just remove the bad is that he wants me to mature. He wants me to grow. He wants me to understand, to grow in understanding that one day, maybe, maybe there will be a season in my life and I will be choosing the bad things. But because of my relationship with him, I realize that that's not something that I should be doing. And then I repent. One day, I will start choosing the good. And a time will come when I have made the bad insignificant in my life. Are you getting the drift? Hmm? Are you getting the drift? Number two, look, our discernment skills are bad. God doesn't want to set that example of weeding out the bad and, 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 and uh, maintaining the good. Okay, why? Because that's probably what we're going to do. And us people, in case you're not yet convinced or in case you haven't heard yet, our discernment skills are bad. It's very hard for us to say which is which, which is bad and which is good. I'll give you an example. During that time, you, they were dealing with weeds and weeds. I'll show, I'm showing you a picture right now. Um, mm -hmm. Now, did you know that they, these two pictures, these two photos side by side, are photos of a wheat, of wheat and weeds? Now, my question is, do you know which is which? <laughs> 
do you know which is which? It it's it's it looks the same, and it's gonna be hard for us to to determine. So so again, at the risk of killing or 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 affecting the good people. Okay. God allows bad to exist because I think God, what God really wants is that we get to that point when we ourselves will be convinced that what we're choosing will give life. You know what? My church, my feast will always be for messy people. That's why at the feast we say, if you're in a mess, come. We'll help you sort out a message from out of your mess. Are you, are you, do you feel bad? Do you feel dirty? Do you feel like you don't deserve God's love? Like you don't uh, deserve to exist? Come, we will help you. Because in this place, we are messy people taking care of messy people. Because we believe that our church is a messy church. But it will not remain messy. For a period, it will be a messy church, but a day will come when we will be ready to meet Jesus Christ face to face. Meet Jesus in the air. Our church is a messy church, but it is God's church. It is God's church. And, and here in the feast, when we see people doing bad, you know, we don't immediately use a saw. Huh? Here, we, we don't use a saw, we use a scalpel so that we can work around. I'm not saying watering down the gospel, don't get me wrong. Being careful to be judged, not being quick to judge, but being quick to understand, being quick to try to see where the person is coming from. Because all bad moves, all bad uh, uh, action starts with good intention. And... Uh, we would rather love first than use a scalpel. Now, if it's really, really bad, you know, then only that's the time we will use a saw. Okay? Now, now, why? Why are we careful in judging? Because two things. Number one, we have a tendency to overemphasize sexual sins. Now, if you notice that all the... I'm not saying it's, 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 it's not important. I mean, not worth uh, spending time... Um, discussing it, okay? We overemphasize sexual sins. But you know what the Bible says? That all sins are equal. I mean, you know, not being a father, neglecting your children is, is much more than, 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 than sexual sins. Uh, and a lot more, Okay. I'm not saying oh, uh, it's, it, it, that sexual sins are good, okay? Don't get me wrong, okay? But sometimes we overemphasize sexual sins when we should also think of the other sins. We think that sexual sins is it. No, there are a lot of sins. The Bible says that uh, a just man sins seven times a day, okay? That's why we need to be careful. Use a scalpel, so that we can just take out, like, like a, 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 a sculptor doing a masterpiece. We take out everything that's not, 
I shared that story with you already. Michelangelo was asked, how did you come up with this wonderful sculpture called David? Um, I, got, I got the chance to see that um, when we uh, visited Italy. It's, it's, it's David. And, and someone asked, why? How did you come out with that? He said, I just started with a big chunk of marble. And uh, I just took out everything that's not David. And, and that's how God works with you. God, that's how God works with us. God wants us to say no to sin, but God will use a, 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 a tool so that he will just remove everything that's not you. The second thing, why we, shouldn't be, we should be careful in judging is because we have a tendency to minimize our own flaws and maximize the flaws of others. If it's me, konti lang naman. But if it's other people, sobra naman yan. You know? When it happens to you, suddenly you say, hindi naman masyado. Okay lang, konti lang naman to. But when it comes to other people, oh my God, ibipako sa krus. <laughs> we should be careful because it's better to love than to be right. <laughs> and, and, and when we start judging people, we're taking care of things that we shouldn't be taking care of. We're handling things that we shouldn't handle. Again, our one big message for today is let God handle it. Let God handle it. And then number five, our last lesson for today is amidst all the evil around us, amidst all these bad things happening around us, whether it's man-made, whether it's nature, whether it's happening worldwide, whether it's a pandemic, or whether it's a, it's a local struggle, or, or whether it's a domestic problem, whatever it is, remember this, what you focus on grows. So lesson number five says that we should keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. If you focus on the bad things in your life, it will grow. But if you focus on Jesus, then you will be guided. People perish for lack of vision. And you need to see Jesus so that you know if you're missing him already, so you can go back to uh, the, the right path. Archbishop Fulton Sheen said, we eventually become what we gaze upon. And as we continue to gaze on Jesus, as we continue our relationship with Jesus, we are constantly being changed. And one day, like the Bible says, that we will have the mind of Christ. We will think like Jesus. We will make decisions like Jesus. We will love like Jesus, the most important. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. What you focus on grows. So let's focus on Jesus. Let's set our sights on what is true, what is good, what is faithful, what is pure. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm not saying you will not mind all the other problems. I'm just saying that you continue looking at Jesus as you solve these problems then you'll be guided because it's a fact, guys, whether you like it or not. The mess around us pushes us and compels us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Are you going through a big struggle right now? Are you, are you handling something that you shouldn't be handling? I want to address myself. I want to talk to the people who are doing this right now? What happened? 
Hmm? I just changed my background, I realize. But it's okay. Background or no background. <laughs> Look, it's something that's nice background naman, di ba? So anyway. <laughs> distractions, distractions, distractions. Just look at Jesus. You know, one, a while ago, I had the cafe behind me. Okay? Now it's just woodwork. <laughs> distractions. Again, keep focusing on Jesus. And we will continue to talk about Jesus. Actually, I'm going to pray for you now. I'm going to pray for those who are in the same situation when you're planning something and it doesn't fall into the, play, into right, into the right place. When you're uh, really doing something and... Uh, um, yeah, meron pang one-fourth na coffee shop. Yes. <laughs> Let's focus our eyes on Jesus. I want to I wanna talk to you, friend. If you're, going, if you're struggling right now, I want you to put your right hand over your chest. And we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray with all the others who are going through the same. Okay? Let's remember that we are in the presence of God. Father, we come before you today. And we ask you, Lord, to look into our hearts. Lord, look at the desire, our desire to be with Jesus. And Father, we pray that you look at our hearts and discover and know, Lord God, that we really want to follow you. But the distractions in life, and we're not making excuses for it, but the distractions of life, the struggles, the um, the, the, the attacks on us coming from all sides. Lord, we pray that you just remind us that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. That Christ in us is more powerful than our biggest problems. That Christ in us is more important than getting a hold of the riches of the world. Father, be with us. Jesus, we invite you to come into our lives right now. Come into our life, Jesus. We come and ask you, Jesus, to be Lord and Savior of our lives. We say sorry for all our sins. And we invite you to take full control of our lives. And we make that decision right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, visit lightfam.com and click on Feast Teachings.